Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. You're listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast. Just a sample of the best pro wrestling podcasts we could produce on our tiny budget. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, at Podmania, YouTube, and Instagram, at The Real Podmania. If it's wrestling you want, check out more of our great content at www.podmania.weebly.com. Let's do this. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Podmania podcast. It is the 22nd of January, and we are here to talk Impact Wrestling. I am joined, of course, by Garth Jackson. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm drugged up. I'm ready to roll. <laughs> In true wrestling style. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> so we are not, here not, to... Not, nothing illegal, by the way, anybody. Oh yeah, please. The feds don't need to be called. It is. It is it's strictly cold and cough medicine. And green tea. Don't forget the yeah. green tea. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we are here, of course, to talk about Impact offering from the 18th of January, the last of the Asylum tapings, and of course, the second episode on Impact's new home of Pursuit, and also on the Twitch channel. But first, Garth, and I want to start with. A bit of sad news. News was broken earlier today on Ringside News that um, former TNA knockout uh, Belladonna, who was played by Roxanne Biggerstaff, uh, has passed away at the age of 40 years old. Um, she, she was part of the faction Disciples of the New Church, which was also home to Slash, Vampiro, used to be managed by Father James Mitchell, Um they were part of TNA from the very, very early days of June 2002, and they ended up disbanding in October 2003. Now, this was way, 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 way before my time of watching Impact Wrestling, and I just wanted to ask, did you do you know of Belladonna? Have you heard of Belladonna? I sort of known of her, but I didn't really catch much of her because, like I said, it was like really early on. When it was like properly TNA, like NWO, uh, NWA stuff, so I, d- I haven't really seen that much of it. Just snippets and bits and bobs. Yeah. I can't really comment really, but that's pretty sad. I mean, that's young, really young. Forty years old is is no age at all, and at the moment there are no details as to what has happened. Um, but obviously, thoughts, prayers go out to family, loved ones. It's it's not a nice thing to happen, especially at such a such a horribly young age. Um, but in slightly happier news, Garth, um, I talked to you on the last Impact podcast, I believe, that Fired Up Podcaster reported that AEW is open to starting a partnership with Impact Wrestling. And the key word here is partnership. Partnership. Yeah. They're not absorbing Impact Wrestling, which is what was reported <laughs> to start off with. Um, but more news has been broken. I say news in inverted commas because people seem to assume now that this partnership between AEW and Impact is a given. Um, I've got a quote here from Impact Wrestling's president, Ed Nordholm, that during a Q&A, he was asked about working with All Elite Wrestling. And I want you to just sort of think what you take from this. So this is a direct quote. It's a world in which we would, be, we would welcome an opportunity to work with Ring of Honor. It's a world in which we would welcome an opportunity working with New Japan. It's a world in which we welcome 
working with AEW if they actually get up and running. We have interest in them. I don't think we have any bias against any of that happening. Now, the title of that article is AEW and Impact Wrestling reportedly teaming up soon. (laughs) Now, I don't want to say, ladies and gentlemen, that some news outlets are starting to jump the gun slightly with this. But at no point in the article's title do we mention the fact that Ed Nordholm is also open to partnerships with Ring of Honor and New Japan. New Japan. <laughs> Basically, everyone outside of WWE want to work together. Exactly. Exactly. And do you know what? If Impact does end up working with Ring of Honor, with New Japan, with All Elite Wrestling, then who's the winner, Garth? Wrestling is the winner. Exactly, yeah. Because I mean, that means we're going to see some absolutely fantastic matchups on Impact Wrestling. Well, Impact and TNA have always had a sort of slight partnership with the Japanese when they had when they had Nakamura over and they had Okada, Sonata. albeit small, sort of really small showings. Sonata were the, yeah, less said about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, ladies and gentlemen, just for, just for on that note, um, currently on YouTube, I believe it's on, um, sorry, I'm just taking a layer off because it's really hot in this office. Um, Currently on Impact's YouTube channel is the free match between AJ Styles and one Hiroshi Tanahashi from 2006. (laughs) So if you fancy watching that, then it's up there for your viewing pleasure, though I wouldn't hold your breath. Impact are notoriously, or TNA as they were then, are notoriously poor at using New Japan talents. Um, Hence why New Japan went off them slightly, and with good reason when you look at where Okada is now. Um, But we're not here to talk about New Japan. We are, of course, here to review Impact's latest offering. Of course, the last of the Asylum tapings post-homecoming before we make our jolly way down to Mexico once again. The show starts off uh, with a match between Caleb Conley, who, I will be perfectly honest, Garth, completely forgot worked for the company. Um, (laughs) Totally. He was part of the short-lived stable cult of Lee. Um, obviously, with Trevor Lee leaving for pastures new and is due to turn up at the Performance Centre any day now. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if he is left treading water. But he's here taking on KM. The first time we've seen KM and Falabar in what seems like ages. And this match starts out like any other. There's nothing really to say about it, apart from we get a picture-in-picture of Brian Cage going absolutely mental backstage. (laughs) Every man he sees... I mean, he's he's a big bloke, Garth. He is a big bloke. Um, And he is imperiously standing over these people who are on the monitors. And he's just shouting, where is Johnny? Where is Johnny? I want Johnny. Now, at one point, he asks someone on... Uh, a computer, where is Johnny Impact? The man points to the ring where it is glaringly obvious Johnny Impact <laughs> isn't. There is no Johnny Impact there at all, but Cage goes down to the ring and he lays out both Caleb Conley and KM, stands in the ring and says, I am not moving till I get Johnny Impact. And his main gripe, his main grievance, Garth, tell me if he's overreacting slightly or not, is that despite Johnny Impact telling him last week that he would receive the first title shot, we were both there, we both have said it on the podcast. Yep. He is next in line for a title shot. We have had it reported that the main event of next week's Impact show is Killer Cross versus Johnny Impact 
for the title. Oh, yep. Now, do you think Cage is is right, is vindicated in feeling a little bit grumpy about this? <clears throat> I think he is. I don't think he's going the right way about it, though. I was I was watching this, I was thinking, is this, is this the heel turn? Is this him being healed? But then I was thinking, nah, he's doing a stone cold, isn't he? He's just going out and kicking ass and asking questions. I mean, he was a badass in this segment. <laughs> um, anyway, so Johnny Impact answers the call. He comes out, shirt off, looking cool as fuck. And before he can say a word, uh, he is jumped by both Moose and Killer Cross, who absolutely <laughs> destroy him, leave him laid out on the ramp. Uh, Brian Cage comes up seemingly to help to start off with, and then as Cross and Moose back off, go backstage, Johnny Impact is dragged by his foot down the ramp, thrown into the ring, um, and Cage is about to beat the living piss out of him when Cross and Moose come back in, lay both men out, and stand tall. <laughs> Really good opening segment. Yeah, really liked it, yeah. Um, Brian Cage is being touted as the next big thing in Impact, and I think it's the right way to go. Um, the crowd are behind him. The crowd, again, chanted all the way through, next um, next world champ, next world champ. They are obviously behind him. Now, what you don't want to do now is not capitalise on how hot Brian Cage is. Because the, it, two, yeah. the two men in this company who are the hottest commodities are Killer Cross and Brian Cage, yeah. neither of whom are the champion. So I think I think know. this could be the time to do um because they don't really do it very much in TNA, but or Impact even, but just do a three way, just do a triple threat for the title. Um, I think that would work, but. I think I think Killer Cross is a lot hotter now than he was at their match at final hour. Oh yeah, definitely. Um where it was glaringly obvious Killer Cross wasn't gonna win. Mm-hmm. Um and I I don't think Killer Cross I was talking to you briefly before we came on air. I don't think Killer Cross is going to come out of Mexico with the belt. Um I imagine Grumpy Grumpy Cage will have something to say about that. Mm-hmm. Um but you need to capitalise on it in some way. Um, I think a triple threat could be the way to go. Would you want a triple threat between Cage, Cross and Impact headlining your next pay-per-view? Um, well, I mean, the next rumoured date for an Impact pay-per-view is April. It's a long time to keep that yeah, feud going. Build, Unless I do one of those little sort of half pay-per-views. Yeah, like... Um, not Redemption. What was the one we did? Redefined. Yeah, something like that. that. Yeah, under pressure. Yeah, I mean, one thing I think is glaringly obvious is that the people are not behind Johnny Impact as champion. Uh, It's good, though, because they kind of were until he beat Cage. And then it just, I think it was just the way it was such a screwy finish. And, like, yeah, I think people sensed that that was the time to do it as well. Yeah, and the, they've obviously held off because he's the Johnny's like the, the poster boy. Mm. Yeah. But I just think now is the time to get it off him. He's still he's still going to be hot, and even if the hot shot the title back to him at some point, 
I think they need to capitalise now on Brian Cage, like especially. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree with you. Um, one last point before we move on to the other segments of the night, because oh boy, howdy, are there more? <laughs> there are some interesting segments on this show, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yeah, we we talked about when um, when Brian Cage was feuding with Sammy Callahan briefly before before he cashed in the X Division title. We talked about how we wanted to see him go to um, Rockstar Pro and just drill claw everyone. And mm. it was pretty much what happened here. In fact, he destroyed the referee as well, yeah, <laughs> uh, which was amazing. Someone did point out that it was the referee who counted that dubious three count at homecoming. <laughs> uh, so he got a big stiff lariat for his trouble, which was quite nice. Quite enjoyed He took that. it quite well as well. <laughs> he took it very well, did Johnny Bravo. Uh, he did not look like he wanted to take it, but he, he took it like a champ. Um, we then cut backstage after after an interval where Brian Cage is going absolutely ballistic, as is his want on this show, and says that tonight he wants Moose. Moose, of course, of course hit him with a spear earlier on in the night. A really good spear as well. A very good Moose. spear. I love Moose's spear. I think it's just he's... the fact he does that, that flip at the end of it. It just yeah. makes all the difference. Makes all the difference. Roman Reigns, take note. Bobby <laughs> Lashley, take note. Um, so then... We have a match between Ethan Page, all ego Ethan Page, and Eddie Edwards. And who should come out on commentary, Garth? But e- Eli Lie Drake. Um, you texted me, you watched this show before I did, and you, the first thing you texted me was, good God, Eli Drake on commentary. <laughs> the man is yeah. fantastic. Brilliant. Just um, excellent, yeah. Just, just a promo machine. He is. He talks the entire way through this match. And one thing that I will say, I'll start with the little bit of a negative. And short of the Brian Cage Moose match, all of the matches seemed secondary to something else that was happening. Yeah, I've so that, yeah. We had this match between Page and Edwards, and short of, you know, your standard Eddie Edwards fair, your suicide dive to the outside, your blue thunder bomb, your ti- your attempted tiger drivers, and, you know, Ethan Page's usual offensive pump kicks and elbows. There wasn't a lot to say about this match because it was focused so much on Eli Drake. And though that's not a bad thing at all, it does take away from the match somewhat. Um... But during this, Eli Drake is talking again, sort of building on what we had last week, talking about how Eddie Edwards used to be this great wrestler. And I love the fact that he referenced TNA history. We had a great mm-hmm. match for the world title. He referenced his time with the American Wolves and their run as TNA World, um, world Tag Team Champions, for example. Yeah. Um, at this point, the match itself sort of descends into chaos. Um, we get Kenny out from under the ring. Um, there's a wonderful bit where Eli Drake says, as um, Ethan Page knocks Kenny the kendo stick out of Eddie Edwards' hand, we get a South Park reference, which we just don't get enough of in today's society, with Eli Drake <laughs> saying, oh my God, you killed Kenny. Um, just, some of the stuff he was coming out with, though, was like totally on the nose. It's like he said, uh, one point he says, has anyone ever beat anyone with a dive? because <laughs> he's just sort of like why are people doing this super shit <laughs> it was just after Eddie had hit his suicide dive and uh-huh, you know what uh-huh. I was just about to say well that's a stupid oh no wait he's right <laughs> no one ever wins with a suicide dive ever and 
you know what, the more you listen to Eli Drake's sort of reasoning behind his behind his vendetta against hardcore wrestling, some of it, you know, more and more of it makes sense. Um, anyway, Eddie gets this match thrown out when he decides that he's going to go all twisted hardcore persona and beat the shit out of Ethan Page <laughs> with the with the kendo stick. So that match is thrown out. Um, Eli Drake then confronts Eddie Edwards, sort of has a heart-to-heart with him and says, you know, you're nowhere near the wrestler you used to be. Think about all the great things that we did together. Think about the great run you had as as champion. Think about the great run you had as part of the American World. Sort of referencing that history again. Mm-hmm. Um, and you sort of see Eddie Edwards kneeling in the ring, nerdling, nerdling Kenny as he's you know as he tends to do. Um, but you could almost see in his eyes this whole he's he's not wrong. He's not yeah. wrong. Now I'm sure we are going to get an Eli Drake and Eddie Edwards program down the road i am well up for that yeah definitely. Um, well i mean both of us have said how much we want to see eli drake elevated you know up the card because he's a great mouthpiece he's a good solid wrestler eddie edwards the same great wrestler good promo i'm sure they'll have great chemistry together they've worked together before yeah definitely i just imagine that they're doing a lot of um more backstage stuff as well which would be good yeah absolutely now don't get me wrong, I I've enjoyed the Eli Drake stuff with Abyss more than I more than I probably should have done. Um I I did not enjoy the stuff with Tommy Dreamer, as I've you know, as I stated to you on this podcast, that yeah. I just I don't think Tommy Dreamer should be in any singles match, you know, at all, <laughs> never mind in the main event of a TV show. But Abyss, you know, they did what he does best. He did an eight minute hardcore match, which mm-hmm. which worked. Yeah. Speaking of Abyss, we got Garth. Garth, it's time. It's time. It's Global Wrestling Network's flashback moment of the week. And it was an interesting one this time. Now, I didn't watch all of it because, you know, there's things to do, people to see, and, you know, literally anything else. But it was a steel cage match with Raven's Gathering, which is such a blatant knockoff of the flock. It's, It's amazing. It's brilliant. Um, which also included... Who was in it? It was CM Punk. CM. Blonde CM Punk. Blonde CM Punk, yeah. Pepsi Pepsi tattoo, resplendent on his arm. Um, and he was... They were taking... It was Raven versus Abyss, basically, was, yeah. um, was this storyline. And basically, Raven's Gathering turned on Raven is the story of this. Yeah. Um they there were some very, very dubious chair shots. Um I don't think I've ever seen a faker couple of concertos than I saw during this. Um yeah. but nevertheless it did what it needed to do. It was it was there. We don't really talk about the flashback moments of the week, do no, we? No, it was just it was a fun match, it was alright. Oh rate. It was oh rate, <laughs> I suppose. Then right. So <laughs> What do you do, Garth, when you have got some of the hottest indie talent in wrestling? Do you, A, just (laughs) repeatedly put them in kick-ass matches and get them over that way? Or do you try and sort of show their personality through a That 70s Show stoner vignette, but then instead of letting us listen to the lols that are taking place, you then put a laugh track over it. So loud, so annoying, so continuous that you can't possibly hear a fucking word 
that these people are saying? Uh, I'll have to go with B. It was... (laughs) Right. I will say now that when you actually listen to what the rascal said, and if you can drown out, if somehow you are that strong of mind that you can just drown out that persistent monotone laugh track that they have horribly dubbed at 140 decibels over the top of this fucking vignette. If you're able to do that, then A, you are a better man than I, and B, you will actually hear that the rascals are actually quite entertaining. <laughs> um, there's a Step Brothers reference, which I absolutely loved. Um, there's a bit where um, Trey Miguel, who will be later on taking on Rich Swan for the X Division title, don't get your hopes up. It's it's not that good. Um, but he comes in a suit and a crown, and Wentz and Des both say, "Well, why are you wearing that?" And he said, "Well, someone said there'd be a homecoming, and there wasn't even a dance." And now, genuinely, I found that quite entertaining, especially when the other two just went, "Well, yeah, okay." But that was two weeks ago. Why? Why are you still wearing the suit? Which I, it, just stuff like that makes me giggle. Yeah. And then there was a bit where um, Wentz and Dares referenced their match last week against the Lucha Brothers, and Dares says, "Well, we fudged up." And at this point, you've got Wentz with his hands over Trey's ears, going, "Mate, earmuffs, bad language." And <laughs> Trey just goes, "He didn't even say a swear." And it just it was it was immature foolishness, but it's quite entertaining. But again, if you're gonna do these segments impact, please, please, please either eradicate that laugh track completely or just turn it the fuck down. Yeah. It was just you could tell someone had just sort of like splashed it over the top, just smash that on there and because uh, if the crowd don't laugh, then at least we've got some backup. But it just totally took away from the whole segment. But again, any sitcom, any we all know sitcoms have laugh tracks. That's fine. Yeah. But they're not as loud, as irritating, and so attention-grabbing as this one was. And it genuinely did ruin my my want to watch this segment. It was awful. Yeah. It just carried the fuck on. Anyway, <coughs> moving away from this, like I say, we'll see Trey Miguel, the Fresh Prince of Midair. Again, great nickname. We'll see him in action in the main event, or the semi-main event of Impact later on for the X Division title. We then got a match between Ali, Dark Ali, don't forget. Ali is gone, of course, taking on Jordan Grace. Now, I say a match, Garth. Fucking hell was Ali squashed here. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a total, total squash. I mean, the, the lights go off to start the match, and that's supposed to signify that Rosemary's in the building. You can see this effect, Ali. She's looking around anyway. Jordan Grace doesn't bother looking around. She just absolutely plows through Ali. Um, Ali does manage to hit a backbreaker, but that is lit. Sorry, a backstab, but that's literally the only move she hits. She gets caught trying to hit the codebreaker. And Jordan finishes Ali off with an absolute beauty. What was that? It's a gut wrench pile driver, I think. Pump handle driver or something. Um, yeah. <laughs> Josh Matthews was lining it to um, Pentagon's driver, the Pentagon driver. Mm-hmm. Um, but I loved it. It looked so smooth. It looked it looked like it would seriously hurt. And Ali took it brilliantly. Yeah, really good. Um, Sue Young comes into the ring then and offers a hand. There's a, there's a moment 
where Don Carlos and Josh Matthews sort of play on the fact that is Sue Young going to turn on Ali? What is going to happen? Mm-hmm. Anyway, Sue Young offers her hand and Ali looks as though she's going to take it when the lights go out completely. And sure enough, Rosemary has replaced Sue Young to a huge pop, which is excellent. I love the fact that Rosemary's over. Ali sort of looks at the hand of Rosemary and almost looks like she's going to take it again, but again, balks and runs off, sort of scrabbling up the ramp, leaving Rosemary in the ring. Where is this going, Garth? What is going to happen here? Um, well, it's it's the sort of tussle for Ali, isn't it? But um, I mean, I like this. I like the the swap. I thought it was quite good. It was it was um, it was really well done. Um, it wasn't because it wasn't what I was. I was expecting Rosemary just to appear with them in the ring, but with them swapping out Sue Young, I thought that was really good. Yeah. But um, it's obviously going to be I don't know, like a Rosemary versus Sue Young for Ali's soul or something. Like Ali's soul in a cage match or something. <laughs> Ali's soul on a pole. Yeah. <laughs> is, so what you're saying is basically what we're going to have is we're going to have the 2019 incarnation of the um, ladder match between Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero for the custody of Rey Mysterio's son. <laughs> yeah. Is effectively what you're saying is going to happen here. <laughs> yeah, the custody of Ali's soul. <laughs> There's just a contract and a ladder above. Oh my god, of all the stipulations, that's amazing. Um, I don't want anything else to happen. Now, I literally want that to happen. I want that to be the blow-off. Um, <laughs> similar to you, I think this it's a lot better than what we were doing with Ali before. It seemed that Ali had run a bit stale. I, you know, I'm not a massive fan of this segment, but I enjoy it. I enjoy it more than I did before. Um, mm-hmm. I imagine at some point, Ali is going to lose a match and Sue Young is going to turn and Rosemary's going to be there to save her from Sue Young. Yeah. What I would like to know is, Garth, how's Rosemary escaped the undead realm? Um, no idea. When shall that Mortal Kombat, <laughs> when shall that Mortal Kombat fight? She must have gone out. Maybe. Maybe she, maybe she uh, had some fireballs <laughs> or some balls of energy or whatever bullshit. That wasn't bound for glory. <laughs> um... Some kind of weird... Oh, it was it was ridiculous. If you haven't seen it, please go and watch it. It is absolute carny nonsense. I loved it. <laughs> of course you did. Now, <laughs> it's your wheelhouse, that's why. Um, that's the kind of thing that you will watch and then go, this is why I watch wrestling. It totally is. Not <laughs> for the five-star wrestling matches. Screw that, I want the schluck horror. I want, <laughs> yeah, I want people dressed up and shit. Were you the one man that popped when Hulk Hogan got blinded by that fireball out of the camera? At King of the Ring '93. Oh yeah, <laughs> were you the one man who popped for that? This hey, is why we watch. I, I popped when uh, Sergeant Slaughter burnt him. <laughs> it's it's oh. pageantry. <laughs> Me and you like very different things. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so throughout this mat, throughout this um, show, Garth, we get reference to the fact that Scarlet Bordeaux is going to announce her winner of the talent search. Now, don't don't inhale in <sighs> exasperation yet. Let me build it. Build it. Build the suspense for the audience. Um, Scarlett has announced this talent search where she has looked at videos from Impact wrestlers and from people from outside Impact. And basically, it is for custody of her services, basically. And she builds herself up wearing a absurdly revealing jacket and seemingly nothing else. 
Um, she talks about how, you know, what she's done since she's been on Impact. And it seems to be her go-to promo at the moment. Look at what I've done on Impact. And everyone just kind of looks at her and goes, yeah, but actually, what have you fucking done? Done nothing. And then she'll say, yeah, well, I got my own show. And it's like, yeah, but, you know, everyone's got their own show. I mean, everyone and their dog had them in the 90s. Fucking hell, we had Piper's Pit. We had the Heartbreak Hotel. We had um, that stupid... Bruce Pritchard thing. Brother Love. We had the Brother Brother Love show, that's the one. We had Jerry Lawler's segment. We had all sorts. It's it's no big feat to get your own show. And then she announces that she's done some other bullshit, which is which is just that. It's just bullshit. Anyway, she announces that she has watched all of the videos, and again, she, thank you to those people that sent her dick videos. Just thank <laughs> you to those people. Um <laughs> she says that she's watched them all and she is going to she's made a choice. It's going to be the most vicious, the most ambitious superstar in the world. And at this point, Garth, I looked at it and just went, oh, please don't be talking about you. Yep. <laughs> After all of this, please don't tell me it's you. And sure, of course, it's Scarlet Bordeaux. Scarlet Bordeaux that announces that the winner of the talent search is her. She wins her own talent search. Now, this tells me two things, Garth. That either the woman is that insecure that she needs to do an entire countrywide talent search to establish herself as the winner, <laughs> or that Impact canned this angle halfway through. I think it's a ladder. I think they just thought, screw this, just finish it now. One good thing came out of this. Thankfully. Garth. One good thing What's came that? out of this, and that is that Scarlet Bordeaux is eventually, thank God, going to make her in-ring debut. And I've said oh, this sorry. throughout. What she lacks in whatever ridiculous get-up that they're making her do on Impact, she is very good in the ring. So, fingers crossed. I just hope we don't Eva Marie it. <laughs> and yes, that is a verb. The verb to Eva Marie something. Okay. <laughs> it, means to, it means to ruin something. To, to, to make to things bosh. shit. Um... I don't know, Garth. This is this was just this was just bullshit. Um, yeah. It's a complete waste of time. Everything so that we've done was a complete waste of time. And she said she's made wrestling sexy again. I don't really give a shit. If I'm perfectly honest, I'm, anyway. so, I'm so glad it's over. <laughs> yeah, so am I. Um, and I'm glad in a way that she hasn't just taken over the management of someone like KM and Falabar, who. Just, I, I just wanted to wrestle and to shut up. That that's literally what I want, God. Is that too much to ask? <laughs> um, we then move on to what I thought was going to be the main event of the night um, in Kate Brian Cage versus Moose. This was a decent match. I enjoyed it. Yeah, sure. um, decent big boy style slapping match. Um, what I realised was we talk a lot about Cage's agility in the ring and his athleticism. This. He didn't use any of his athletic moves. None at all. We just no. had strikes and strikes and power moves. That was all we had. And do you know what? Mm-hmm. It worked because I don't think we need the 619 against Moose. Okay, I don't think no. we need the standing shooting star press against Moose. I it think just, it just it works. It shows you Cage's like, versatility that you can work totally different styles against different people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, one thing I will say about this is the spot where Moose misses the chop and hits the post. Yeah. (laughs) Now, don't get me wrong, sounded horrendous, sounded awful. But how many times have we seen that now, Garth? 
quite a few. <laughs> yeah, and Cage works the hand after this. After he goes to chop, misses, hits the turnbuckle post. But again, we see it a lot. I feel like we see it at least every other Moose match. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about Cage's versatility earlier on. Moose perhaps could do with that. Don't get me wrong, this was a great match. Moose hitting the go to hell was a really, really good spot. I really enjoyed that. Um, and then Cage reversing and hitting Moose with um, the drill claw was a really, yeah. really nice sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Sequence. Yeah. Really, really good. And it was really smooth. But, yeah, I, that there was just that thing that really, really <laughs> annoyed me. And I know it shouldn't have done, and perhaps I'm, I'm thinking too much about it. But, yeah. I think, I think it's because a lot of Moose's game is that, the slaps and the the strikes, and I mean Jesus Christ, some of those chops, fucking hell. Yeah, those chops <clears throat> were savage. Were savage. The um, the cage comeback was really good because I thought Moose had like played it like was really smart in the match because he, he just worked the leg all the way through the match because and the the commentary team like all the way through was saying oh yeah he's had problems with his legs and. They're the one thing that you can't really heal, etc. So that had that had a story as well. It wasn't just a match. Yeah. So that that really worked. But um, the the comeback from Cage was really good. Like, you could see people getting really into it when he sort of basically jumped up and did that sort of buckle bomb, and then that unbelievable clothesline. He nearly took Moose's head off. I tell you what, fair play to Moose for selling that because yeah. Moose almost did three sixty. I know. He went flying. And do you know what? I love that sell. Everyone could do that sell all the time or I wouldn't get bored of it. It's a great sell. I, I love that that move that where they turn them inside out. It's just great, isn't it? You can't you can't beat an old fashioned move like that. It's your it's yeah. your wheelhouse. It's old fashioned wrestling. It's what you love. Yeah. Um <laughs> Again, I like you say, I did think Moose did really well playing the leg. We had the dragon screw leg whip. We had the moment where Cage had his leg sort of in the ropes and Moose was stamping on it, which was quite yeah. good. Which was quite good. Um, but again, Brian Cage gets the win with the drill claw and he's now got his eyes firmly set on Johnny Impact. Yep. Probably to ruin the main event next week, but you know, <laughs> spoilers. Um, next, Taya Valkyrie is at home recovering from her ordeal at the hands of of Killer Cross after he powerbombed her stupendously into the crowd at the end of Homecoming. Uh, she says she's recovering, says that she'll be fit next week, right in, uh, ready to go to the Mexico shows. They ask her about sort of the debacle between Tessa Blanchard and Gail Kim, and she says, oh, well, you know, Tessa's always been stuck up and all this, and, you know, she always runs her mouth, but if she wants to come and get some, she can get some Loera Loca action in Mexico, and... I didn't care, Garth. Nah, it's 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 for me. It's already run its course, and it's it feels like they've gave they've gave her this belt in anticipation for going to Mexico. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think that's yeah. exactly what it is, and what a shame. What I just hope shame. the test takes it off her in Mexico. Oh, the heel heat! Because imagine the the heat. Yeah. Even if and Tessa, Tessa last costs her, it doesn't even win it. Yeah, but exactly. Costs tire the title. I mean, Tessa last week was rabid. <laughs> well, 
we say that, we cut to backstage where Tessa is having an interview with Mackenzie. Now, you can tell, if I was Mackenzie at this point, um, and I was about to interview Tessa Blanchard, who is looking, let's say let's say irate. She is at one point pulling her own hair out. Yeah. That is how angry this woman is. Um, I wouldn't choose that moment to ask her questions, but what do I know? Millie McKenzie... Um, sorry, Millie McKenzie. <laughs> McKenzie, sorry. Millie McKenzie is a wrestler for WWE UK NXT. Um, <laughs> McKenzie talks to Tessa, asks her um, about the title match and how uh, her reaction to Gail Kim. And Tessa snaps. Um, <laughs> she goes for McKenzie um, and then attacks a PA. Gail Kim shows up magically from somewhere. Uh, mm-hmm. They scuffle. Um Tessa hits her with a dustbin lid, um, <laughs> then goes for her with a spanner, and that then was so good. and then we <laughs> see legitimate attempted murder, <laughs> legitimate attempted murder, where Gail Kim then has her throat. Sorry, uh, Tessa wraps Gail Kim's throat in cable and is attempting to choke the living daylights <laughs> out of her before Sanjay Dutt comes and tries to restore order as Sanjay he's watching. Dutt actual legitimate homicide not the wrestler taking place backstage <laughs> I mean that was so good what? <laughs> oh my god Um. basically we are to assume that you know Tessa is still blaming Gail Kim obviously for her loss at homecoming says if the you know Scott Damore is saying that she cannot put her hands on officials Tessa raises the very very good point of then why are the officials allowed to put their hands on me yeah. Very valid point, in my opinion. Very valid. Um, Scott Damore says, well, that won't be an issue because you're suspended. I give it less than a week before we see <laughs> Tessa on Impact TV again. I was just going to say, is it a one-week suspension? <laughs> this is going to be a four-day suspension. She will turn up in Mexico and she will cause havoc. Yeah. I hope it's um, I hope it's on those ones where she's bought a ticket. <laughs> Be amazing, proper outside, is it? Just sitting in the crowd eating popcorn. It would be I love brilliant. That. I always used to, I always used to love that. <laughs> oh, it'd be br- Tessa is absolute gold. That where she just snaps. I loved it, and when she gets that hammer, uh, the spanner. I was just like, that's brilliant. That's yeah. The only issue now is there's no one on her level. No, I mean, Ty is taking the title off her. You look at that knockouts roster. Who was it going to be if it wasn't going to be Tyre? Alicia oh. Edwards? Nah. Sue Young again? I mean, there's only so much you can do with a you know a character like Sue Young, and I feel like they've done it. Jordan Grace? I mean, yeah, but she's only been in the company for what? A month? A month, eh? And that's, that's the, the issue you've got. When you've got, you know, pardon the pun, but when you've got a diamond like Tessa Blanchard, who the fuck takes it off her? I wonder if that's why they try to bring Gail Kim back. Do you want to see another Gail Kim knockout run? Really? I don't want to see her have a run, but I think she could have a decent match with, with Tess, like a proper match. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm sure she can still go in the ring. But having seen what I saw at Homecoming, and you know, on our review, I... I said that it was possibly the most wooden promo I've ever seen on Impact. And oh, don't yeah. forget, this is a company that contains Kira Hogan, <coughs> whose promos are atrocious. 
Um, I, I, I don't think I want to see it. I don't want to no. see Gail Kim holding up the knockouts division again. She was one of the most fantastic women's wrestlers ever, and she was horrifically underused by the WWE, and I think that they missed a boat with her. But she's done now. She's retired. Stay retired. Yeah. You had your moments at homecoming, giving eat defeat to Tessa. Leave it now. Just take your ass beating <laughs> and leave it, Gail. Watch, it'll be announced, Gail Kim versus Tessa now. I mean, that's where we're going. It's going to happen, but even yeah. so, still annoys me. Um, we then had the X Division title match between Rich Swan and Trey Miguel. Now, I made a point earlier, Garth, that one of the issues that I have with this episode of Impact is that matches sort of felt secondary to storylines. Yeah. And this is an absolutely fantastic example of this because as soon as the pinfall happens, and we'll, we'll sort of break down the match in a minute, but as soon as the pinfall happens, OVE come out. In fact, it doesn't play Rich Swan's music. <laughs> Straight away, OVE's music comes on. And it's like, oh, yeah. okay, fair, fair enough. But the match itself was good. The match itself was quick, fun, nothing less than what you'd expect from these two. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why it is. And I don't know if it's because he has that crown and everything, but every time I see that tree, I'm always reminded of Ricochet. Ricochet. He, yeah. yeah. I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly everything what you mean. Everything about him, yeah. He looks like him a bit. He moves like him. Obviously, he's not at that level yet, but he's younger than him. But uh, I enjoyed the match. I thought it was, like, it was just a good exhibition of that style of wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Trey, by the way, was born in 1994, if you believe the tattoo on his chest. Um, But (laughs) a really, really good match. You know, you had a load of counters and pinfalls and close falls and then reversing each other's pinfall attempts, which was excellent. We had a load of um, locomotion double leg cradles, which made the referee dizzy, which was excellent. (laughs) That's good. Um, I I really... um, Go on, sorry, go on. I I love that move that Trey does where he has him sort of in the headlock and gives him the the sort of backside kick and then the neck breaker. That's exactly what I was going to say. We're in so in sync today, Garth. Great minds. So in sync. It's because we've seen each other now. We actually know what each other look like. (laughs) (laughs) Stimpatico, mate. Um, Anyway, Rich Swan hits the 450 splash off the second rope for the victory. A very, very sexy looking 450 splash, need I add. But I I would have loved this to go a bit further. I would have loved Mm -hmm. this to go further and, you know, go longer. But nevertheless OVE come out instantly to the point where I don't know where Trey Miguel goes <laughs> I don't <laughs> he just disappears it's the same with Ethan Page earlier in the night they just disappear they evaporate they apparently go the same place as Sue Young <laughs> oh my god are they in the undead realm that's it that's it now next episode undead realm so you never do any tapings in the undead realm why is that um, anyway, so Ellie, um, they come down and give Rich Swan the shirt that they attempt. They attempted to give him last week. Before Rich Swan can make his decision, LAX's music comes on. But what I noticed is that Swan took the shirt with him. Mm, I did notice that. Now, I don't know where this is going, but this sort of reminds me and I'm, I'm I'm not a massive fan of drawing parallels between this and the WWE but obviously I was I was raised on the WWE and um, this reminds me mm. of the Wyatt family constantly mm. trying to recruit Daniel Bryan 
Right. Yeah. Not to the same extent, obviously. Um, but my question to you, Garth, is do you want to see happy, smiley, dancey Rich Swan as part of OVE? Nah, I'm, that character wouldn't work with them. I don't think it unless it became unless it, unless it became like a sort of really annoying character, but then they've already got like Jake Christ. You leave Jake Christ alone. Jake <laughs> Christ is a godsend. <laughs> I love the mini draw. But, but I think if if Swan came in, he would sort of steal their thunder a bit. Perhaps, yeah, perhaps. Um, I don't know. I just I, it'll be interesting. To, I'm I'm intrigued. I think is the best thing to say about this. I'm intrigued. Yeah. I look forward to seeing where it's going. I love Rich Swan. I love OVE. I'm sure that there is a decent storyline going forward. Um, we then had a match between LAX and OVE, a non-title tag match. Again, really, really good. These two are an absolutely outstanding feud at the back end of 2017, heading into the early part of 2018. And this was, you know, this was a decent eight, nine, ten minute match. Mm-hmm. Um, the Crists started um, on top. Really good. There was a one, the move of the match for me, Garth. OVE hitting the superplex. So Dave Crist has got, I believe it was Santana, in a superplex on the top rope. He superplexed him off the uh, top rope. And at the same time, Jake Crist catches him and hits a powerbomb at the same yeah, time. Now that, that was, really, that was really seamless. Really, yeah, really good. Move. Of course, he only gets a two, obviously. <laughs> but really, really good. Really, really good. I mean, both of them just work so well together. They're because they're a proper tag team. You can tell they've spent a lot of time working on stuff. Um, at LAX, the stuff they do seamless. I mean, people talk about maybe it's not on the same level, but people talk about the young bucks, how good they are working together. I think LAX are up there with sort of like tandem, the way they work together. Absolutely. And, they're very, very sort of seldom left sort of looking at each other, like, oh, what, what we're doing. Didn't know each other. Um, I love that move where um, I think it's Ortiz, where he just does like a sort of jumping, diving headbutt and then pins him. Just, yeah, but just <laughs> lies head. on him. Just lies on him and pins him. Doesn't move, just lies on yeah. him. <laughs> it's brilliant. <laughs> um, and the, the finish sequence was just really good as well. Yeah, it was ace. The um, The sort of smooth transition from a rolling cutter into a code breaker, into a super kick, and then into the sort of... It seems to be their new tag finisher, as opposed to the street sweeper. It seems to be some kind of swinging inverted double suplex. Yeah. Um, Looks very nice. I think I preferred street sweeper, but, you know, I'm not going to be picky. Um, <laughs> And LAX take the victory. Uh, again, OVE take a loss. Um. Mm. Which I don't know how much this destroys their credibility, but nevertheless, um, but yeah, a, a good a good TV main event I think is the main thing we need to point out here. Yeah. Um, LAX come backstage, they're you know celebrating as they should be. Um, they meet the Lucha Brothers again backstage, who they have just beaten at Homecoming, and you know they're still fine. They fist bump, they speak in Spanish to each other. They're still fine with each other. Lucha Brothers walk off and. Ortiz shouts after them, you know what? If you ever want another ass whipping, just ask. And Conan yeah. goes, what are you doing just as the show cuts off? That's just, 
straight that one little line just totally changes the whole dynamic of that story. It does. Yeah, overall decent show. <laughs> the Rascals laugh track was fucking an abomination and should never be used again. Um the guys are ex- canned laughter. Well, it was just it was just I don't mind canned laughter used sparingly. It was just used all the fucking yeah. time. Um, the Scarlet Bordeaux thing, again, complete waste of time. What was the point of this talent search that's wasted fuck knows how long <laughs> television tapings? Nevertheless, these are small things. Storylines have been progressed. Yes, a lot of the matches were secondary to the storylines, but the storylines have moved on. We've got more to go between LAX and the Lucha Brothers, which I'm extremely excited about. Yeah. We've got Killer Cross versus Johnny Impact, which I'm very excited about. How does Brian Cage fit into this? We've got Tessa Blanchard blowing a gasket. How is that going to play into everything? There's a lot of things that Impact are doing right. You know, what's this storyline between Rich Swan and OVE? Everyone seems to be in a storyline at the moment, and it yeah. seems to be working for the better. So, overall, decent show. But, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, that's all we've got time for today. Thank you so much for listening to our Impact Review. If you like them, then please obviously subscribe. You can find the podcast wherever you find your podcasts, whether it be Apple, iTunes, whether it be CastBox, Podcast Addict, wherever you find them. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at, at @podmania. You can follow me on Twitter at, at @realrobgoodwin. Goth, where can they find you? Uh, Astroma Jackson. You can talk to us on Facebook. Uh, you can just search Podmania Podcast. We pop up with the top link. Um, you know, you can check out the website www.podmania. Sorry, podmania.co.uk. Almost got our own website wrong there, Goth. Good stuff. <laughs> high quality. High quality. Thank you so much for listening, guys, and we will talk to you guys again soon. Adios. Yeah.